In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. I have with me Christopher St. Michael. Christopher is part one of a duo. Him and his brother, Joey, have over 50 years of combined investigative law enforcement experience in one of America's toughest cities. Now they're retired and they have traded in their cuffs for cameras to bring you the evidence of their paranormal investigations through Paranormal Brothers Media. So I am very excited to have Christopher on because we are going to do this for a special episode of Halloween and really talk to him. Uh, They do all kinds of paranormal investigations, not just the ghosts that you typically are aware of or hear on TV and stuff, but they look into other subjects on the paranormal like UFOs, angelic encounters, even local legends haunted objects, reincarnation claims, infamous murders, and so much more. So welcome to the show. Well, hello, and thank you so much for having me on today, and happy Halloween to all the listeners out there, and I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, me too, and I love this stuff. I've actually never been on, well, actually, no, I have been on one uh, ghost hunt, and that was when in Atlanta, the Georgia Aquarium was a client of mine, and they had the um, Titanic come through through an exhibit. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Yes. And apparently, like with the Titanic, there are all kinds of haunted objects throughout the Absolutely. tragedy that happened. And so we had this really nice dinner. It was like the first part of the evening. Then the second half of the evening, if you wanted to, you could go on like a ghost hunt. So they equipped us with like, you know, the, all the different devices and we walked around and stuff. And of course, at the time, my best friend and a couple other people that I w- were with knew about my psychic abilities, but I didn't tell the full group. But I was like walking around and saying, okay, here's what's going on and this is what I'm picking up on. And that was fun. We didn't capture any evidence, but that was like the only time I've actually been on a ghost hunting quote unquote experience. But tell me how you and your brother got started with this. Well, I would say the way that we got started was we both retired from law enforcement. Uh, I retired almost a year and a half ago and he retired uh, just under a year ago. 
And through the years, like most people, we've had an, inter- an interest in the paranormal. I think pretty much everybody has an interest in the paranormal, at least to, to a degree. Um, and we just, one, one night when we were talking, we said, hey, when we go out and do some of these investigations, what's keeping us from bringing our own cameras? What's stopping us from sharing it with people? And seeing, let's cut through the nonsense and see what scientific evidence that we can bring forward for people to see. Uh, We weren't looking to convince anybody one way or the other. We simply wanted to say scientifically, this is what we can show. Um, You draw your own conclusions. So it was just, it was a desire to share with people that, hey, there is something going on. There's no doubt that there's something going on. and that's pretty much how we got our start. It was just something to do after retirement, <laughs> have a little bit of fun. It was an interest that we had, and we're like, hey, let's let's just bring it out to people. Well, first of all, thank you for you and your brother being police officers. I know that oh, that is probably you. not an easy job at all, especially the last few years with everything going on. It's so, been th- rough, yeah. yeah. So, thank you, and also congratulations on your retirement. Oh, thank you. Did you experience anything while you were on the force or even your brother? I know he's not, he couldn't be with us here today, but that maybe gave you a little bit of a glimpse into the paranormal? I would say, I would say yes. Um, I worked in an urban environment, uh, one of America's most dangerous cities. And in 30 years, I've seen more death and destruction than any person should ever see in life. Um, Countless homicide scenes, fresh shooting scenes. I've seen way too many people taking their last breath on a sidewalk as we're waiting for an ambulance to come up because they've been shot. Um, One thing that kind of jogs my memory the hardest, there was a call for a suicide. And I went down into the basement and a fairly young woman, she appeared to be in her early 30s, had hung herself in the basement and the eeriness of being down there. And, you know, I don't want to get overly descriptive, but as she's hanging from the rafters, you know, that gone in a way look that was in her eyes, her eyes were still open. And there was just such a thickness. And I was the only one down there. Everybody else was, was on the upper levels and just a real feeling of I'm not alone right now. And there was an energy, but the energy wasn't coming from the woman's body. It was coming from a thickness in the air behind me. And I just, I could get a sense of dread and this sense of sadness in the room. Um, not so much, again, not so much from the woman's body hanging there, but just from the energy of the room. Um, but it really, really stuck out. And I mean, it's a, it was just a tragic thing to, to witness and what a tragedy she must have gone through in life to get to that point of life, um, to, to want to end it that way. Um, but it just felt, again, maybe not so much spiritual, but just a thick, heavy energy. Uh, you could slice it with a knife. And I would say that was, I would qualify that as a paranormal experience because of where the energies were coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say that I've done anything like you see in some movies where we've hired a psychic. Right. Like 
solve the case with remote viewing or anything like that. That would be cool if you had, but. <laughs> yeah, to, to my knowledge, that had only been done a couple times in a span of like, you know, 40 years plus going beyond my length in the department. But I do think there could be something to that sometimes. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was also just thinking because you use the last name right now for, I guess I'm, I'm assuming the for the show, uh, St. Michael. And if you listen yes. to the podcast, I love Michael. He's, you know, my archangel that I go to for protection and also for law enforcement. He is, you guys wear medals with him and everything. So I that I guess that was also where my question was leading. Was there, was there ever a time where you felt divinely protected or guided or maybe received information from either your higher self or maybe be angels around you. Yeah, I can I can remember in the early 90s when I was working in the drug unit. Uh we part of our thing would we would hide in vacant houses and open air drug markets. Uh we'd peer out the windows or we'd get on the roofs and we we'd watch and try and make a case. And I was going into an alley to go into the back of a house that was abandoned. And I just, I heard a voice that said, don't go in there. I didn't see anybody. Now I. What did the voice hear? Like, like, was it in your ear? Was it in your mind? Like, what was it like? You know, and that's something I wrestle with. I don't know if it was in my mind or if I audibly heard it, but it was distinctive that it was, it was a voice. It wasn't a thought. Right. It was a voice. And it said, don't go in there. They're very urgent when that happens. They're like adamant. They're like, yes. Absolutely. Obviously, I I just I went with it. I didn't go in there, and I waited. We got I called for some backup and stuff because obviously, if a voice says "Don't go in there," there's something in there, right? Yeah. And as a police officer, you got to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's your job. <laughs> That's the job. So typically, we would go in to a vacant by ourselves, and our backup you know, might be a few blocks away and we'd call them in when we see the bad guy and see where the drug stash is. But I said, Hey, I need you guys to meet me down here and put some people to the front of the house, put some people to the back of the house and went in and there was a guy with a gun inside and he was planning on shooting the police officer who came in. They had figured out that that was where we were hiding. Mm. And that was what the plan was for the day. So was it St. Michael? Was it one of his army members? Was it yourself, your higher self? You never know. But you were divinely protected. You never know. Absolutely. So, yeah. But no, I think St. Michael definitely looks out. And a lot of times in life with everybody, I think they probably do have angelic intercession. Mm -hmm. They they kind of just think to themselves, is there their own gut instincts? In some cases it is. But I think angelic intersection intercession is probably more common than what we really realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I ask too, because I've had that voice only a few times in my life where it was so adamant and so obvious. And I, the reason I ask how you heard it was because exactly that. It's hard to distinguish where it's coming from. It's like within you, it's outside of you all around at the same time. Right. And it's very audible. It's not like to the point where it's like somebody's shouting in your ear right beside you. And you're like, where did that come from? And it just is so much enough to to get your attention that, you know, that's what's amazing to me. And I've heard from people and different theories that usually, you know, most say it's your higher self or to your point, like your gut instinct. And I do feel strongly that we are here on this earth for, because we were, we were able to survive. So we do have a, to some level 
that instinct. But when you can audibly hear a voice, that's very different in my opinion, um, or even see something because I've heard some people actually see different apparitions or angels or that sort of thing. That to me is where you draw the line of the distinction, right? Absolutely. Um, I remember one of the earlier quote unquote paranormal experiences in life for me was way back when in the 1980s. And my mom, she wasn't an overly spiritual woman, um, but she did believe and she would go to mass. Uh, she was she was Catholic. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, but during the week, at least where I lived, Catholic mass was very, very low key. There wasn't a choir. There wasn't anything. It was just 530. The priest would come in. He'd walk up the aisle. He'd say a 20 minute mass and you'd be done because it was a Wednesday or a Tuesday or whatever, mm -hmm. but they did have the daily service. And she asked me one night, it was the anniversary of her father's death. And it was the 20 year anniversary. He had been dead for 20 years and she was just really upset. She was very close to her dad. And she said, Hey, Chris, can, can you go to mass with me tonight? Sure, mom, I'll be there. So I went to the mass with her and we were sitting in the aisle And the priest came in, said his mass. 20 minutes later, it's done. He's getting ready to say, you know, mass has ended. Let us go in peace to love and serve or whatever it was at the time. And he starts walking down the center aisle. And my mom's on her knees in the pew and she's praying. And she's like, please just give me a sign that everything's okay. And as he's exiting, he walks halfway down the aisle to the door and the priest just stops. And he turns around and he walks back up to the altar. And he says, okay, everybody, this is kind of not ordinary for us. Open your hymnals up. And he flips through it. He's like, page 202 or whatever. And we're going to sing before we leave. And they sang, holy God, we praise thy name. And my mom just lost it because that was her father's favorite song. And it was played at his funeral. And she, was, she took it as a sign. So we asked the priest afterwards, we're like, Did you plan on playing that song? He said, no, I don't even particularly like that song. <laughs> And we said, well, why did you? He said, well, as I was standing on the altar, I felt a desire to sing it for some reason. And I blew it off. He said, and it was so thick as I was leaving. It was like somebody was pulling me back to the altar saying, sing that song. So that was one of my first experiences. A lot of people say, nah, that's just a coincidence. It's whatever. I'm, I'm not buying it. That wasn't a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe it's a coincidence. I firmly believe that we are also, we act as angels, intermediary angels, so to speak, or messengers when spirit or universe is trying to get through. They will want, they will get through one way or another, whether it's direct or through someone else or through a situation or through some sort of symbol and sign. And so it's not a coincidence to me. So that what a beautiful gift that your mother and your family were able to receive and that, you know, your father in particular was so also added to get that message to you guys yeah yes that was it was a beautiful thing for yes yeah so let's go back to the paranormal hunting aspect and and kind of the adventures you guys give um so i, I you did share some clips which we're going to get to in a little bit 
So for anybody that's wondering, there have been a couple, two other episodes before where we've either shared EVPs or other things for around Halloween time frame. But you also mentioned angels, like you guys have looked into that and also haunted objects. So tell me about what that's looked like and some of the different types of experiences when you've been looking for the paranormal that you've investigated. A lot of what we do is based on people who reach out to us and a lot of what we do got slowed down because of the pandemic. We couldn't go out, meet people, and, and do different things. But we would go to different areas uh, that were secluded. And the one that comes to mind, she asked for privacy, so I can't really go into that one. I would say with angels, everything's pretty much based on strictly stories. I don't have anything that was evidentiary. Uh, that I could say, you know, hey, take a look and see if you can measure this result and what, what do you see or hear. But it was just experiences and storytelling. Um, the only one that I would say, again, that, yeah, there was some scientific type stuff to show that maybe there was an energy or presence there. The lady just asked, you know, this has to be 100% confidential because of whatever her personal uh, feelings were about it. Darn it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but the stories, the collections of stories are always interesting and you do find, I think, I think angels have different roles with different people. The commonalities that I see, and I'm sure that you've experienced in talking with people are that unexplained person who just shows up at a certain point of time somewhere, um, or that sudden feeling of, you know, stop at this stoplight a little bit longer and a car flies through it and they would have gotten creamed by the car. Um, I, I certainly remember an experience like that with the police department where I'm going, what we would call uh, where I work code one was lights and sirens um, to, I believe it was a bank robbery. And as I'm going, I'm approaching a green light and something told me, stop, do not go through that green light, even though it's green and as I came to the intersection, I slowed down and stopped. And another police officer came from the other direction and blew the red light on his end and just would have creamed me. So I would say that that's probably an angelic experience of some type. Uh, yeah, I, I would say those are the type of stories that you're hearing. It's just really the intercessions and not so much any, any measurable quantitative type thing that I could offer you. Well, I know you can't talk about the the situation with with the lady because she asked for confidentiality. But what type? Just tell me what type of evidence was it? Like a photo? Was it an audio? Yes, it was. It was a photo that she had obtained, and it was what she believed to be an angel. That it was. Uh, I don't think she would be uncomfortable with me saying that there was an angel that was appearing at the end of her bed, um, that was ministering to her in a time of sickness. Um, and she did have a picture and in the picture, it looked, it looked pretty legit. Uh, it didn't look Photoshopped or anything. It wasn't crystal clear. Um, and this entity, this angel would minister to her at night. And within six months, the ailment that she had was, was 
totally rectified and she was back to normal. Amazing. Yeah. My grandmother who's in her nineties right now, actually she'd probably get mad at me. I think she's in her late eighties. I should know this, but she has angels visit her almost every night. And I'm always like, grandma, take photos, take this, that, and the other. She's like, I'm always so tired. Plus, you know, all that. But yeah, so they do definitely visit in the evening a lot, uh, especially when they're trying to work on us and heal us. So what about reincarnation? Have you guys investigated any of that, those uh, stories, not stories, I should say, but like experiences from from folks and people? Yes, I have. My, my brother has, has not been on part of that journey, um, but I've had some people who have reached out. And again, these would be things that couldn't supply. And, and that's one of the reasons I don't put it on my YouTube and things mm-hmm. like that, because I don't have hard science to back it up. It's really, it's a story more than there is any scientific documentation to go with it. Um, But the commonalities are people, they have feelings of deja vu. Oh, I've been here before. I've seen this before, things like that. And they felt that they had lived prior lives. One person um, had a birthmark, and I'm sure you've heard this, you know, different birthmarks can show or indicate um, tragedy from a prior life. And they had a feeling that in the 1920s um, that they worked in New York and they during a robbery and they just felt very, very adamant that they could, that they could visualize it very clearly. Um, there was, there was a robbery. He, he had tried to save the life of the person who was with him um, by shielding and standing in front. He ended up getting shot and he did have a birthmark that was just below his ribs. And there was another birthmark that was on his back. Like it went uh, through consistent. Yes. Very, very consistent with the through and through. Um, He could remember uh, growing up as a child and dying in a life that was prior to that in the 1800s and he described it as a prairie that he was living on some type of uh western or midwest area that he lived and that he had drowned as a child and he had a big fear of water in the life that he's in now um to the point that he would not get into a pool would not get into the ocean was just terrified of it and he had gone through hypnosis and things like like that. And that's what came up. Um, and I've had a few different people that I've spoken to with that. But to be able to measure in this day and age, the, the accuracy of it is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it more interesting when you hear the stories of the real small children, right. uh, the real young children who can provide those vivid details Um, that they're not going to be internet savvy to be able to look things up and make a bogus story. Their parents aren't going to coach them through that much detail that a child's going to be that good of an actor that they can pull it off. And they can be very specific. That I find really interesting. I haven't worked with any children um, in that aspect, but with the adults I have. But again, to offer that and say, oh, it's evidence. No, it's, it's a story. And yeah, they're believable, but it could be fake. So if I was on the jury, I could go either way of saying yes, it was or, or no, it wasn't. But they are genuinely heartfelt, that's for sure. 
Yeah. I think more and more the as we get into the coming ages, there's going to be more scientific proof and evidence, uh, you know, that can share that at the same time. I always say supernatural is the natural just not yet explained. And it is hard to when there's not necessarily standard criteria or processes or things or even sharing of information and data across the board for us to be able to compare. But I agree with you uh, as far as at least the reincarnation stories. I think for people, when you have a, a a feeling or a memory or something where you're like, was that my imagination? But you just feel so strongly about it. And this especially goes for children, like you said, because it tends to be so much more fresh when they're coming into this particular lifetime. It's just something to take into account. I mean, I know countless people who have just through working through whether it's perceived uh, as their, you know, as a story in their creativity or if it's actual working through past life experiences has helped heal them and move them into just being in a better place where they are at this, at this juncture in their life. So now on the UFO front, uh, anything, and I don't, by the way, I don't even care if there's evidence. I just want to hear like what, (laughs) what stories you've encountered, all that stuff. But with like UFOs, that's another area that you, you and your brother investigate. Yeah, we, we enjoy doing the UFO investigations. I would say, Four or five nights a week, I'm out looking up at the skies. Astronomy has been a lifelong interest. And the the pondering of the universe and how big everything is. A lot of people ask, do I believe that aliens have been here? UFOs have been here. I think it's possible. I'm not going to say, yes, I think so, or no, I don't think so. I think it's possible. Even if a civilization is only a million years older than us, the technology that that civilization could develop in a million years, I mean, think about what we've done in the last 50 years or the last 100 years. So would would a civilization a million years older than us, yeah, it's possible they could have figured out the technology to traverse these extreme distances that our minds can't even fathom that it would take to get here. Or it's us from the future, which a lot of people believe too. Or, yes, I mean, there's so many yes. theories about what who they are and why they're here and everything, right? Absolutely. It could be, you know, us from the future. It could be, you know, interstellar neighbors. It could be intergalactic neighbors. It could be all sorts of, all sorts of things. Um, but the stories that go you know, so far back to the to the ancient times, and I won't go on an ancient aliens type. <laughs> Which, by the way, is my dad's favorite, favorite show. Oh, it is a good show. It's, it's some <laughs> neat stuff on there. Um, but yeah, but if you look, even the biggest skeptics, they have to look at some of the things the, the, the ancient alien um, pictures and hieroglyphs show. I mean, some of it's just, yeah, it looks like spacemen. It really does. So who knows? Um, but that, that all being said, I, I look to the skies almost every night. I photograph the skies religiously, um, four, three, four times a week. And then sometimes I just look, I especially like going out to the ocean mm-hmm. um, to where it's nice and dark and you can see the lights. Um, I've seen objects that I can't explain. I've never seen one that was up close, but I've seen them the Looked like they were probably within a mile. Are you aware of the theory about the water with the, the theory UFOs? Of the water about the waters that they're going in and they out. They go of. under mm-hmm. the water, mm-hmm. and sure, sure. Yeah. 
the submersible objects. Um, and I think there's probably validity to that as well. It's a, it's a good hiding spot if they want to hide. Shameless plug on my other podcast, which I haven't recorded anything for like over a year on, is Supernatural Matters. And I did this research on USOs, which are uh, unidentified submerged objects. And there's like 80% of UFO experiences or something like that. I don't remember the stat off the top of my head, but it's close to that, are like around water or bodies of water because they believe either they're portals or they're conduits uh, to be able to allow them to come in and out and to travel. That's right. That's right. I know uh, in North America, there's a lot of different sightings at the various lakes and things like that. So, yeah, you're you're right on spot with what you're saying. But at the ocean, that's where I've personally had the most sightings that I've I've seen the lights. I've seen movement. I know the difference between a satellite um, and a quote unquote UFO Uh, with the satellite. You're going to see pretty much just a straight movement. You're going to see um, a steady light. There's not going to be a lot of shimmering to it, a lot of flashing to it. There won't be any flashing to it. And it just moves straight across the sky where some of the objects I've seen would be likened more to visualizing a helicopter where it could move back and forth. Mm -hmm. It would move up and down, but it was moving at some speeds that were not, relative to what a helicopter would be doing out over the ocean by any means. I've not seen evidence that it was trying to communicate with me, um, but it was it was like it was observing. Knew you were watching it. <laughs> Potentially I'm watching it. You know. And I could hold the hold the attention for about 25, 30 minutes. At the longest, the, there would be observations, and then it would just disappear. I would see, in a week's time, maybe two or three different nights at around the same time that the object would appear, and again, stay for 20 or 30 minutes, and then vanish, uh, quite literally, just like you would turn the light out. It just went, clip, and the lights went out. It didn't fly off um but as it hovered it would move and it would move at linear angles that were not consistent with an airplane would not be consistent with a, a, a balloon or anything like that um you would get angular movements uh that were very rapid uh arguments could be made for saying well you don't know the speed because you don't know the the geometry of it how far away was it um, it, it, what distance did they travel in that short amount of time? And I get all that. And to be honest, Paranormal Brothers Media is not this huge, big corporation that can go out and finance all these fun tools to do. We're just a couple of guys who like to have some fun and investigate. Um, so I don't know. I know what I saw. Yeah. And it was unidentified to me. And the stories are very repetitive. When you meet with different people, I've never come across someone who has said that they've been abducted by aliens, but I have had people that I've interviewed who have sworn that they observed aliens coming out of a, of a craft of some type. Really? Wow. Um, out in Western Maryland. 
And um, the guy was adamant he was out camping in Western Maryland, uh, that there was a small craft. It wasn't this real large uh, spaceship, but that it was a craft that was just somewhat bigger than a dining room table and an extremely bright light that came down um, and had landed perhaps. It was like a pod. Yeah, exactly. Like a pod. If a craft's only as big as like a dining room table, it's like just for one bean or something interesting. Yes, absolutely. And he said it had landed about a half mile from where he was camping, um, that he had gone, you know, walking. He figured it was a UFO of some type, but he didn't know. Um, but then as he was walking up close, he could hear movement. He could see movement. Uh, there was, is he described it as a ship, but about the size of a pod. Um, the, there was a glow to it, but at that point, it wasn't a real bright light, um, more of like a, a, a neon glow. Uh, and that there was a creature that he would describe similar to a gray mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, with the big black eyes, um, skinny finger, kind of a triangular head a little bit with rounded edges. That would freak me um, out. <laughs> yes. And he claims that the head was for what a human would uh, would be accustomed to. The head was disproportionately large to what the body was. Um, and he said he saw it for maybe 30 seconds in that area. Uh, and it was just outside of the ship. Don't know what it was doing. You know, it was just next to the ship. So it wasn't there for him. He just saw it. He just saw it. Well, he did so not he thinks. feel that it was there for him. <laughs> yes. He could have. Yes, they could have erased his memory from all the stories I've heard. They could have erased the memory. There could be all sorts of things that happened. But, uh, you know, and then the alien, the creature got back into this pod and whoosh, just kind of like went up into the air. And he swears up and down. I have no reason to think that this guy would lie. He wasn't looking for attention. He wasn't looking for notoriety. Uh, He really wasn't interested in us having him as a guest on one Mm -hmm. of the shows to say, hey, here's your story. It was just, hey, you want to hear what happened to me? Sure, I'd love to hear what what happened with you. Um, So those would be experiences that we've had. What do you think? Do you think that alien life has been here? Oh, I absolutely do. I will say that, and I don't think I've shared this story before on the podcast, but when I was really young, I would say like maybe nine or 10, I guess that was when the media were getting really popular, like Time Magazine, all the television shows about aliens, alien encounters and stuff. And I remember thinking around that age, well, that's kind of crappy. Like I like ghosts and stuff. I felt like I could protect myself, you know, like I just, I know some people may be more scared about people who have passed over ghosts or other things, but I felt like throughout my life up until that age that I could protect myself around them just because of Michael and all that other kind of stuff. But aliens on the other hand, terrified me because I'm like, these are beings that, you know, you're being told by media, whether it was sensationalized or not, that they can come and abduct you and do all these things. And there's not crap, you know, you can do about it. So that petrified me. So there was a period of time like at night where I would stay up and I was just, I was really scared. And I'm going to cut to the chase. Um, I ended up finding out that what was happening in the house that we were living in at the time, somebody had passed away in the room, of course, I was staying in. Oh, wow. And all this other stuff. We had had other like ghostly encounters when I was younger, but 
there was always this this energy. Speaking of the woman that you shared in the beginning, right? Like there was just this energy around it at a certain time at night. And I didn't know at the time that what I was experiencing was this darker energy, um, which I'll save that for a later part. But the part of the aliens and everything, I was thinking it was like aliens coming to abduct me. You know what I mean? Like I was oh, like, geez, like how yeah, scary I know. I was terrified. So anyway, uh Fast forward, nothing happened that I know of that I can recall when I was younger about aliens, UFOs or anything other than I was just keenly in my mind aware that or thought that they existed and there's all this stuff. Not too long ago, I'm sure you've heard of Dolores Cannon, but for those listening who may not be familiar of, of who she is... She's someone who way back in the 70s, 80s, and I want to say even 90s, would take people under hypnosis who had had experiences with extraterrestrials or UFO uh, encounters. And she would, under a hypnosis, they would share experiences, but then also really what the meaning of it was, like why were they here and all that. So if you're interested, you can listen or read about her books and all of that. I was listening to a book on Audible where she was explaining that one of the main reasons why they're here is to really help us understand our consciousness and our awareness and all of that. So sometimes when I couldn't sleep at night, I would have this book on, which I know most people are like, why are you listening to that if you can't sleep? But it just helped me fall asleep. One night I'm sleeping and I hadn't listened to this for quite a few months um, and I'm sleeping and I'm just putting protection around us. But I was I had my back to the wall and I felt this energy and I'm an energy reader for the most part like that where I can just sense when something's happening and it felt like I just felt it like growing and it was a feeling like when I had had when I was younger so it was very familiar but it had been several several years since I had felt this so I was like tapping in I'm like okay is this a ghost? No. And then I'm like, okay, is this a angel? Which obviously if it's an angel, it's going to be better energy. And I'm like, no. And I'm going through all like the things. I'm like, is this a demon? Nope, not a demon. So I'm like, all right, well, crap. And then I'm like, is this extraterrestrial? And I got like this huge like light bulb in my head. And I'm like, uh, and I sat up and I said out loud, you do not have permission to be in my space. And I couldn't see anything like physically, but I could feel this energy. So I'm like, all right. So I said it and it's gone. I'm like, all right, whatever. So, but basically, if you're listening to this, this is what you can say. Like I said, you do not have permission. This is, I have freedom, a free will and choice. You are, you have no right to be here. And I, I, I said it like I would if it were a demon or an entity or something else. Having no idea if that was going to work or not, but that's what Michael told me to do. A few days later. Oh, and then I remember the next day I was like having my coffee and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay if you want to visit. I actually am. But you need to come to my front door. <laughs> you need to knock on the door. There you go. And you need to say, hey, I want to have a conversation with you versus like trying to like ambush me do when I'm sli- yeah, do a pol- business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember just kind of laughing to myself. Of course, at this point, it's broad daylight, right? So I can do that. So a couple days later um, at night, I was re- I couldn't sleep again. And, uh, but not that feeling, right? But it was just a different feeling. And I hear my angels or something say, go outside. And it says nighttime around, I want to say midnight or so. And I walk out my front door and across from where my neighbors are is this hovering craft. And it was all of what you described. And it stayed there for hours. And I have video. I'm going to share, send it to you. Because I would love to know, like, was this an Elon Musk thing? Was this a satellite? Was this whatever? But the best way I could describe it, it's like what you would see with a flashing tower. And I remember thinking at first, like, 
this is strange. There's not a tower there. You know what? Like the the lights that flash in and out and then the different colors. And then I noticed it was going up and down and to the side, to the side. And it stayed there. And it wasn't a star because then it didn't move over the next few hours across the sky. And I was like, that is that being energy, whatever it was. And I was like, thank you for saying hi to me. You still didn't knock on my door in broad daylight. But at least because I said my front door and it was right outside my front door. It was right outside. That's so cool. That is so cool. I, I think there's something to it. I mean, even the United States government is now finally admitting, yeah, there's things in the sky that we can't explain. Mm-hmm. You know? So when you get the government actually admitting this, mm-hmm. man, there, there's something to to this. Yeah, there absolutely is. So anyway, I will keep you guys posted. I did I did a funny thing on Instagram where I was like, if you don't hear from me in a couple of days and you know I'm on some other planet or somebody abducted me, but I have <laughs> but they haven't come back. I don't know, at least that I remember or recall. But yeah, I'll have to share that video with you and you can tell me what you think, honestly. And of course yeah, really it's cool. 2022. So you would think we would have better video and, and it was only my iPhone. So I'm trying really hard, but like the it was so much brighter and obvious in the night sky, but on the video, like you get that glare. So anyway. Right. You know, and, and that's a shame too, because a lot of what people do see when it's the UFOs are just the little blips of light. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how good of a camera that you have at a at a at a normal person's level, you know, even our fanciest cameras, you might what spend three, four thousand dollars. If it's a light that's a little blip of a light at a distance and it's nighttime. You're not going to get right. that really good, crystal clear, Steven Spielberg looking right. object in the sky. Yeah, you're not. You're going to get a blip of light that moves, <laughs> you know? So, okay. All right. Well, anyway, well, thanks for asking me that. But yeah, uh, if anyone has yeah, any experiences cool or encounters, please share with us. Uh, you know, after you listen to this episode, we'd love to hear it. Now, I want to pivot and go to what has been your favorite experience or investigation that you've been on what what were you going after what did you experience and tell us about that i'm i'm gonna say one of my favorite experiences was up in gettysburg again just so and i know you're an energy person so Mm -hmm. you get it there there's so much residual energy in gettysburg and when it comes to hauntings they'll tell you there's really there's two types of hauntings there's a residual haunting, and there's, um, well, first, a residual haunting is kind of like um, Memorex. Mm. It's a memory, mm-hmm. and it's kind of on a loop of some type. Right. Um, so it's not interacting with you. Um, the haunting would occur whether you were there to witness it or not. Maybe it would be um, a soldier walking across a field night after night after night or the spirit. Yeah, I think of it like an imprint kind of because the energy yeah, is so intense. Stated. It's like so intense. It's like a fingerprint or an imprint that it's just on a loop kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. An imprint in space and time. Absolutely. That's on replay. Um, and then you have the intellectual hauntings where there is an entity of some type that is interacting with you. Um, and you'll and really where I'm going with it is uh, you'll hear in one of the clips if if we end up playing. We went to a Civil War hospital in Gettysburg, and we were told that there was the spirit of a little girl that haunted the attic. Aww. Um, okay, so we got to go check this out. Now this place had no electric; it had no running water had no furniture it was it was a vacant vacant home 
Um, it was very cold. It was a November night. Um, but we go into this place and it was, you know, it was, it was your, your typical creepy house, you know, it was old. It was, you could hear the wind blowing outside and all that. Um, but again, no power inside. So we've got our lights and our cameras and we're walking around exploring. When we went up to the attic, there was like a, a, a small baby doll that was lying against the wall. And the first thing that came out of my brother's mouth was like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. That baby doll totally <laughs> creepy. Yeah, out. little dolls are like just creepy on their own. You don't even, they don't even have to oh, do or yes. say anything. Just being present or is creepy. <laughs> yes. But um, when we, when we got into the attic, we like to kind of just absorb the energy of the room mm-hmm. before we really start interacting a whole bunch. Uh, just like you would with a stranger, let them kind of get used to you, talk a little bit, um, ask some questions, maybe not even getting a response quite yet. A lot of people think when they go on a ghost hunt that you're going to get those immediate responses, and that's not always necessary. Right, yeah. Um, You know, if they were the spirit of a person, well, just like anyone, they got to kind of warm up to you a little bit. I mean, get comfortable enough that they Yeah, they don't know who you are. (laughs) It's like dating. You're not just going to go straight in for the kiss, right? You got to kind of have a little bit of the talk. Yeah, (laughs) You wait and you're sure. So as we're up there, we're asking different questions. And I felt that there was more than one spirit that was in that room with us. Uh, Again, there was nothing that was happening that was indicating that. It was just a feeling of like, no, there's there's just more than one one entity entity here. So we started recording. We started asking some questions. Um, we were using um, what they call a spirit box, an SB7 spirit mm-hmm. box. Um, for listeners, that's simply, uh, it's a scanner that scans um, at a millisecond level very, very quickly through all sorts of radio frequencies. Spirits don't have vocal cords, so they really can't talk a whole bunch there without those vocal cords. But the theory is they can manipulate with their energy the frequencies in the radio uh, to give the illusion of speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some of the popular television shows that do ghost hunting and things, you'll see they use those all the time. So that was one of the first, I call them toys, that was one of the first toys that, that we bought to use. So we had set that up. We had asked a few questions. We got a few perceived answers. Um, and I asked, how many spirits are in the room with us? And without hesitation, a very small child's voice. And it can be argued whether it came through the spirit box or whether it's an EVP. And for the listeners, if you're not sure the difference, um, an EVP is kind of like a standalone. It's just a, a voice that's coming through, whereas uh, the spirit box, it's coming through the speakers on the spirit box. Um, and it was just crystal clear. You hear a child's voice say, five. <laughs> wonder and if they were five or they were five. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It was just like, so crystal clear and we got like the nervous giggles for lack of a better term because it was like did you hear that oh my goodness it was just so crystal clear oh oh my god i want to play it let's fingers cross this place so this is i'm playing the five wave wow that's it oh 
How many spirits are in this room? Five? Five is what I heard. How many spirits are in this room? Five? Five is what I heard. Wow. So was that one of your first like EVPs or which because that was definitely that, that sounded like an EVP, not a spirit box thing. It really did. It was so clear. That was our very first um, video series that we did. It wasn't necessarily our first investigation, but it was the first investigation as part of the uh, Paranormal Brothers YouTube show, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better term. I'll link to that. Yeah, so that was, that was our probably an hour into our investigation. And it was the first time that we had captured something like that on video, especially to be used uh, to put out on YouTube. And we had no idea how we were going to make the YouTube series. We just mm-hmm. knew that, hey, we wanted to do a few shows. And ultimately, that's what we did. But yeah, that was that was an exciting one. Yeah, that's cool. You So you said you were in Gettysburg and then this was a child in the attic. Was there anything else you knew about the, the about the entity or the spirit? Yes, when we when we went to the house, the um, people who were in charge of um, the home told us uh, that there were Civil War soldiers that were there um, as the spirits, but they, in the attic, it was the spirit of a little girl who went by the name of Emma. They didn't know why she was there, didn't have any confirmation that there was a girl who even potentially lived there, um, but we did go up. And in, I think it's season one, uh, just Gettysburg, it was like our first YouTube video. Uh, before that clip that you just played, we do ask, if there's a spirit here, can you please tell us your name? And you do hear what sounds to be a little girl's voice say, Emily. And I remember I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my brother. I'm like, did, did you just hear that? He's like, that, that voice said Emily. And I'm like, this, this stuff is actually happening here. I mean, we're getting intel- strong, intelligent responses um, with, with the spirit. So that was, that was pretty exciting. But that was the information that we mm-hmm. were armed with. They, the people couldn't have been faking it mm-hmm. because there was, there was no power. There was no water. There was no nothing to this place. Uh, we were getting all sorts of electromagnetic frequency pulses um, that were just off the chain in different areas of this um, this home that we were at. Was the home used as like a hospital? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was a Civil War hospital. Because um, that's interesting. I don't remember that I was getting in my mind's eye um, a hospital and a lot of people that were had passed over in that area. So, okay. Oh, it was just, yeah. I mean, Actually, so many of those homes were Civil War hospitals, uh, you know, back in the the battle. It was just like, hey, you know, we're we're taking this here. We we think about how many people were were dying and Mm -hmm. were were hurt. So that was one of the ones that really stood out. Another one, and I'll go back to Gettysburg again. On a separate investigation, we were in a place called Devil's Den. I've heard of it. Yes, Devil's Den is... It's a, it's a really neat place. It's got a lot of boulders that are like kind of piled together, and it's at the bottom of the hill. And throughout uh, the battle, whether the Union or the Confederacy, Confederacy controlled that uh, land, it kind of swayed back and forth, back and forth. 
Um, but it was at the bottom of where the charge of Little Round Top was. Um, they'd have, anybody who's ever seen the movie Gettysburg, uh, that was the the a climactic charge that Joshua Chamberlain ended up getting um, awards and medals for. Uh, but a lot of people lost their lives. Uh, it's estimated upwards of 2,000 people lost their lives right in that area of Devil's Den. So as my brother and I are doing some filming where the boulders are, at one point, all of a sudden, I, I started getting a headache. And I even mentioned on camera, you know, like, hey, I'm starting to get a headache. And then I kind of stopped and I told my brother, this is going to sound stupid. And I hate providing this type of evidence because the only one who's experiencing it's me. But I said, I, I smell gunpowder. I smell gun smoke. And again, I've been on the police department for 30 years. I know what gunpowder and gun smoke smell like. Oh, yeah, I was going to say you would know what it smells yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was it was just so distinguishable in the air. And the headache that I was getting just started getting worse and worse. Then around that time as we you were probably filming, had something trying to take get with it get inside you, man. <laughs> Cause that's, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because at first I was because I was asking my angels, I was like, is it a was it a gunshot to the head and he's experiencing that? Is it just because it was energy exactly. or was it something trying to get inside you? And I feel like it was the latter. Just FYI. <laughs> you know, and see, and I, I was thinking just the opposite, and it, and it could be. But I felt, um, well, as we continued filming, within a moment or two of that experience, we did film what looks to be an orb that was floating uh, rather quickly beside. Yep. <laughs> um, and we don't get many orbs, to be honest. That one we did. They tend to be rare, the real ones, you know, not the dust particles, but the real ones, yeah. Exactly. Um, but that was kind of my feeling is where you said the first thing is that was, was I channeling perhaps, um, not intending to, right. but a soldier who got shot in the head and was feeling that experience. And perhaps maybe he was uh, with that orb trying to channel inside. I, I don't know. Probably it a combination just, of both. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. could be. So you smell gunpowder. Um, That's interesting. Yes. And it was a good personal experience. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make for real good YouTube type stuff because I want to give you stuff that you can mm -hmm. measure. And my empirical experiences, you, you can't measure. So Right, right, right. It was still a good experience for me, though. Yeah. So there's a couple other EV or WAVES files and, and EVPs that you sent either through the spirit box or what have you there. I'm just going to read them out loud and you tell me which ones you would like us to play. There's hello, there's green, there's the want to go. Maybe we do that one or I want to go. And then there's the one that cusses. <laughs> so. There's the one that cusses. <laughs> Did you get the one um, that says I hear it? No, but basically if you want to talk about it, then we can play it later. Okay, so with, uh, with this experience, we were at a place in Annapolis, Maryland called Witch's Grave. And that's a local legend type thing. Um, a lot of places, a lot of small areas have their own version of the witch's grave. So we're out and we're checking it out and we're going to do this for the YouTube series. So my brother pulls out the SB7 spirit box uh, and I'm behind the camera and I'm filming him doing his thing. So he turns it on 
And it was really loud. It made a really loud sound. Like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, that's loud. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little loud. And so he's trying to adjust the volume so we get the mics all set up appropriately. And he says, can you hear that? And for about three or four seconds, you hear a little and a voice very clearly comes through, says, I heard it. Oh, gosh. And I, I was like, hold on, what did that say? So I play it back. And of course, again, the same thing you hear. You know, he's like, can you hear that? And he's, I heard it. And I was like, whoa, that. And it, to me, it is crystal clear. Now, some people listen to it and say, oh, I don't hear mm -hmm. anything. Some mm -hmm. people swear that they hear it exactly the way I do. And that's up to the individual. But for me, it was crystal clear. And it was an intelligent response to something that he was asking that we didn't even expect. So spirits can be listening to you when mm -hmm. you don't even think mm -hmm. they're there and they're paying attention to what you're doing. Um, so that for us, that was a rather interesting one. The creepiest, that's amazing. I just think it's so cool when they're intelligent and then they are either listening and you don't, it's like a fly on the wall. You you have no idea who's listening and paying attention to you and partaking in the conversations if you're not picking up, you know, like you guys are with the audio equipment. One of the ones that yes. freaks me out to this day in a good way is, and I, I still can't find the clip, but it was a group of investigators who they were in a haunted library and uh, the the two people were talking back and forth, like, where do you want to set up? Where, you know, what, who wants to lead? What questions? That sort of thing. And when they were listening back through the audio, you hear somebody, um, two ghosts talking to each other. And they're like, they think we're dead. Oh, wow. How spooky. <laughs> and so, yeah, because it's also like, we're not dead. We're alive. Or it's almost like they were arguing with these people. We're not, you know, we're here. Yeah. We're, we're right we're with right you. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to wow. play that clip. It's a little loud. By the way, I'm Chris. I'm behind the camera right now. All right, you, you can hear that. Okay. I'll start scanning. Here, we're going to start by asking. Asking. Okay, well, with I Want to Go, mm -hmm. that is, that's a sound clip from the Devil's Den video, and that's an actual EVP. Uh, we weren't using the SB7 spirit box or anything, and we didn't hear it, again, at the time of recording, but when I was doing the editing, I heard it, and what you hear just randomly is a whisper and you got to kind of strain to hear it, but it's definitely there. And you just hear a voice go, I want to go. I want to go. I, I didn't originally hear it saying, I want to go. I heard it saying, I want to kill. Oh, wow. Okay. Very um, different. <laughs> but, yeah, but I didn't want to be so aggressive mm -hmm. with what I was saying. And so the more I listened to it, I'm like, yeah, it could be saying, I want to go. Mm -hmm. Um. When people split hairs over what is the voice saying, to me, it's not always that important when it's such a, a minute difference. What's important is, 
is it actually there? Is that mm-hmm. voice really there? That's what's more fascinating to me. Uh, you know, if because you're picking up on energy, eggs, right? <laughs> yeah, if a voice said green eggs and ham, and there was nobody in the room, and it just said that, I'd be excited. I'd be like, holy crap! It just said green eggs and ham. You know, so what it's saying wasn't so important. I pray for the day you get that. (laughs) I pray for the day that you get that EVP clip. All right. Well, for people that are listening, we're going to play I Want to Go. Let's try a different, different location. It is then that we unexpectedly capture an EVP. We did not hear it at the time of the recording. However, we did find this Class A EVP during our editing. You can clearly hear a voice that I believe to say, I want to go. Let's try a different, different location. I had to bring it to you. I, I hear I want to kill too. It's like, I want to kill. kill. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. It's Ooh, that just gave me it's, chills. It's some weird stuff. And yeah. It, what, what freaks me out is, again, there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's a distinct whisper. I didn't hear it as like anything loud. It was a whisper, but it was there. Uh, yeah, very, very. Wow. It was very surprising at the time. <laughs> I remember uh, I couldn't wait to call my brother and say, hey, I found something here. I found something yeah, here. Yeah, really, and really. It was It was exciting. There's another one on there. Now, I'll leave it up to you. There's a couple different twists on what it might, might may or may not say. Talking about the cuss, cussing one? Yes. Okay, we can play it. Just if, FYI, if you are offended by cussing or cursing, um, you may want to skip ahead. But uh, yeah, go ahead and tell the backstory to this one. And as the setup for this, we're, we're at a cemetery. Um, it's an old cemetery dating back to the 1700s. Um, and I think a couple of the graves were actually late 1600s. We are always extremely respectful when we visit any location. However, just because we're respectful doesn't mean that every spirit around is potentially going to want us there. Right. Um, we had a couple of different experiences during that investigation. But at one point, I'm saying, you know, if they're... If you got anything that you would like to add or say to us as we're leaving here, you know, here's your time because we're getting ready to wrap up. I'll leave it up to you to what you hear. <laughs> um, I hear it saying mf and I, I guess I can just leave it at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but go ahead and play it. Uh, okay. It'll go through at regular speed, and then I slow it down just a little bit, and it's a little more distinguishable as to what was said. Okay. If there's anyone else that would like to make their presence known, we welcome you to make your presence known. Sounded like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
it sounds almost like, and I know it's hard to distinguish because it's you're playing on the the spirit box with the with the waves and the frequencies going in and out. But it sounded right. almost like a teenager, like not quite a. And again, and I know it's a spirit box, but it sounded younger. The voice. I don't know if you picked that up or not. Right. No, I I I didn't think about it, but I can hear it in my yeah. head very very clearly, yeah. and I think you're right. Um, and that's one of the things about the spirit box too when we do our investigations, we will find that although there are similarities and things, a lot of times you can hear very clear, whether it's a woman's voice, Mm -hmm. whether it's a man's voice that's coming through, you know, arguments to be made against the spirit box is, well, the ears are going to hear what the ears want to hear. Um, But I will sift through hours of listening to an investigation relative to the spirit box or whatever, you know, during the editing process, I will personally hear something, but it's not really strong enough. I will discredit myself so many different things that come through. And then I'll try and share the ones that I think, yeah, there's really good potential for it. But something that I consistently find um, is once, once an entity does come through for that, particular investigation when that entity comes through the the timbre um the style of talking seems to be very very consistent so you can tell Mm -hmm. you're you're speaking with the same spirit and just as you said before when uh you you were listening to the evps and it said that they don't they think we're dead we've had situations where uh in harper's ferry where there were two spirits that were actually talking with one another. Um, And that's in our Harper's Ferry episode. They're speaking with one another while we're asking questions and we're, we're doing our own little investigation on this bridge uh, on this alley rather. And they're having a little conversation amongst themselves. Like, Hey, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You know, I love you. And you hear the other one say, I love you. And it was like, Oh wow. That was, That fascinates me because it's like we think sometimes, I mean, maybe it's a little egotistical, but that we're trying to communicate with them and then they're trying to get our attention just so hard. But the fact it's also heartwarming that they are they're having conversations on the other side with each other, too. Right. They're they're The energy has moved on in a different way, but yet is still there. And it's it's cool. It's just very cool to think about. I absolutely agree with you. I just want to say thank you so much for being on and also for our Halloween special, sharing your stories on all things that you've investigated on the paranormal, but also with these hauntings and with the clips that you've provided. Is there anything you would probably or you do want to say to the listeners, either if they're interested in ghost hunting or paranormal hunting themselves or just taking takeaways from what you've experienced with your brother? Yes, I I would say a couple things. Um, one, if you want a ghost hunt, hey, by all means, go for it. However, don't be naive about things either. Um, do it with someone. Don't go by yourself. Never, ever trespass. Don't go into houses that you don't have permission to be in, whether they're vacant or not. Spoken from a true policeman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Never trespass. Absolutely. Um, Don't go into cemeteries that are closed at night and things like that. Be guided by what your internal compass is telling you. Uh, 
and, and trust your gut feeling. One thing that the paranormal brothers um, that we don't do, I don't mess with demons. Um, if you've got a demon in your house, you need somebody stronger than Christopher St. Michael to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not your guy. Um, stronger than me to come in. Go talk to a priest. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so be be careful because you don't know what you might find and you might not be ready for what you do find. Say a prayer if you are um, a spiritual person. Say a prayer prior to a ghost hunt. Um, say a prayer afterwards. Be kind, be respectful, uh, let the spirits know you're not welcome to follow me back to my house. You know, that's that's not part of the deal. Um, but don't be afraid if you feel or sense an energy around you to ask how you can help the energy or what the energy may want from you or need from you and be helpful. Um, I think that's important, too. A lot of people who are afraid of ghosts really don't need to be. Just ask, what is it that I can do for you? How can I help you? And don't, don't be afraid. Um, so those are some of the main things. Always bring a light uh, if you're doing it at night. Don't wear dark, dark clothing because you want to be able to be seen by somebody else. Ah, didn't think uh, about especially that. Especially if you're doing mm-hmm. anything that's roadside. Um, and people have you know different legends. Oh, we're going to explore this bridge or that bridge. Uh, so you be careful there. I'm more afraid of people than I am of ghosts. Uh, so always have backup, especially when you're going off to someplace in the middle of the woods um, and you're going to do some ghost hunting. You don't want to be caught alone. You want to have a friend with you and uh, just be careful of people out there, especially at really abandoned locations. Yes, yes. Be careful of people. Be careful of the ghosts. Make sure that you say the prayers, but you also have, you know, people know where you are, right? That you're going on and you're doing Absolutely. this and everything people else. People know where you're at. Bring your camera, take a yeah, lot of pictures. Get ready. Yeah. And and please share it with, with Christopher or his brother. How can the people reach you and find you? We can be found. We're on YouTube, Paranormal Brothers Media. Uh, so that's one search they can do. Um, sometimes because there's so many paranormal channels, it can take a while to find us on YouTube. We're not this huge YouTube channel. Um, but we do appreciate anybody who wants to subscribe. And you can also find us on Instagram, same thing, at Paranormal Brothers Media. On Instagram, now, over the last four or five months during uh, the summer and a little bit before, my brother, uh, his work has taken him away out of state quite often. So we haven't done a whole bunch on the paranormal level, but I'm kind of, and, and I like the that you get it, I'm an energy person, and I want to put out good and happy energy. So we'll do some paranormal stuff on the um, channel quite often, but a lot of it is just being silly, being happy, letting people know, hey, have a terrific day. We're thinking about you. You're appreciated. Smile. You know, those those type of things just to try and pass some good energy. So please join us on Instagram if you haven't done so at Paranormal Brothers Media. Thank you. Yeah, I will link to both your YouTube channel and your Instagram and make sure that if people, you know, have issues finding you on search, you can definitely find it in the show notes. And just want to say thanks again and happy Halloween. Are you doing anything fun as far as that goes? Are you going to be doing any investigations day of? Uh, We are. We are supposedly um, going to meet with um, a couple of different groups and we're doing a conglomeration. It's Yay. not uh, verified a hundred percent yet. Um, but it looks like there's an old cemetery that's given permission for, uh, the one group to be there Halloween night itself. So 
we're hopefully going to be all part of that doing an investigation. Well, awesome. Well, everyone's going to be listening to this closer to Halloween, but once you're done with that, let me know and I will upload that and share that as well. But I just want to say thank you so much again for taking the time and I really appreciate it and take care. All right. You take care. You're appreciated too. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at apsychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at apsychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.